Hey everybody, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jake Wallace of Elder Druid to the show. How are you, man? Very well, man. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, and thanks for joining us as well, Daniel. No worries at all. Good. And how was your weekends, Daniel, maybe? Yeah, pr- pretty good. Um, I couldn't drink at the weekend, but I went to MGLA on the Friday. Um, yes, and it go was... on, tell us. It was very, very good. Very professional lads coming on. Um, came on for like only an hour, I think, just over mm. the paid for. But it was very concise. No shit, no talking to the crowd. Oh, um, okay. You Kassara was supporting them. And I can't remember the first the name of the first band. Procession of Spectres. So yeah, it was, um, it was a great gig. Um, geez, there was such great buzz about the place. And yeah. So the, the only disadvantage of being the sober one is like having to drag people out at a certain hour and run them off. <laughs> You're not but, naming uh, no. and shaming, no? No, I won't name and shame. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was a really, really good gig. And like black metal wouldn't be my number one, but um, could not enjoy it. Like they were so professional, so tight and the sound was excellent. The crowd was great. Yeah, all around fantastic gig. Yeah. I saw him in Brutal Assault with thousands of people in front of me and uh, they were pretty cool even then, you know. Yeah. So Dolan's would be just perfect for that now, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I heard similar things about the Belfast show. They just came out, yeah. didn't speak to anybody, like the hoods and everything, just silence, played music, fucked off. Like, I really like that. I think that's class. Yeah. I didn't get down to it. Yeah, there's, there's a certain bands. There's another one or two that just don't interact with the crowd as well. It depends, you know, if the crowd are into them, you get away with it. But if, if you're trying to win over a crowd and you don't talk. It's, it's better than coming out and talking way too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big issue. Yeah. far too often, like. <laughs> yeah. You could name and shame. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to Ali from um, Carosa. And he oh, said uh, Procession of Spectres were the band of the night for him. Yeah, they were brilliant. Um, they were they were on when I came in, so I missed the start of them. But, so that's uh, Liam of Suitsayer. And I think is the, it? Yeah, the guitarist of Suitsayer. And Dahi from Gallock. Oh, I spotted him in both the place. Actually, I didn't have a chat with him, but I spotted him in both the place. All right. Um, were they kind of wearing disguises or hoods or something as well? Or the singer was, but I was I was at the very back okay. of, of Dolan's when they were on. I was chatting to Brian Her, and uh, yeah, the the singer had like cloak, I suppose you could okay. call it. it. Had a great vibe about it. Like you know, he was just kind of very kind of mellow on stage. It was really really cool. Um, definitely want to check them out again. Yeah, and since we're on about gigs, Jake, you have a rake of gigs coming up, man. I hope you've done your uh, homework on it and that they're all wrote down in front of you or they're stored in the... Uh, the the, the brain's not too foggy today. <laughs> so the, the main one, which is, and you're down toward, near us, you're down with Daniel anyway, down with Nimrick, mm-hmm. is with uh, Conan. Yep, this weekend. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny this time because it's, it's Dublin first, then Limerick, then Belfast. Most of the time you do like any kind of Irish tour, it usually starts with us up in Belfast, then Dublin, then you've always got the big long drive from either Limerick or Cork. Mm. So it's actually really nice that we're finishing Sunday night in Belfast, yeah. two miles up the road and go home rather than the big long travel from Cork. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think it's the first time that's actually happened. I, I'd imagine they're coming over like Liverpool, Dublin. Because I think they're, they're kind of based around like Merseyside, kind of. Yeah. It makes sense. Then go back Belfast to Ryan, or maybe Liverpool. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, Third Island actually are supporting me in Limerick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They've a nice line of merch out at the moment. Plug, plug. It should be oh. on sale at the gig. That'll um, supersede our amount of merch because we have fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really? Just, yeah. The, the the most recent um, the sorceress shirts we got done. Uh, I think there's three of those left. And then we did a sale a couple of weeks ago just to get rid of like the odd hoodie and stuff. But I, I didn't realise how little stuff we actually had. And it's like, fuck, we've got this corn tour coming up and we've got about four t-shirts. So, so there's plenty of vinyl. So hopefully there's enough people to buy, yeah. buy records and at least we can sell those instead. Yeah. Have you got a merch line in store, obviously, for the album? Is that yeah, other than are you waiting for it or is it ready? Well, the album's the big uh, elephant in the room because it's taken yeah. so long to finish. Um, yeah. 
I, I hate even giving deadlines to anybody anymore because we just had so many stoppages, not necessarily bad ones. Like Mikey had a kid, Brian had a kid. That took up a massive chunk of time where like, even having to add, like Daniels add a guitarist now or add a bass player mm. to get six guys in one room even once a week is close to impossible. Especially yeah. half of us work days, half of us work nights. So oh, I think okay. between, see, between Bloodstock and must have been October time, we had about two practices over months. Wow. So it's been really, really hard just to get time. And that's that's why it's taken so long. Yeah. And we actually we were close to finishing the whole thing. And then the the final song, which we waited to the very end to actually write, it's like a 10 minute monster. And we is realized that, that it's Pandora's box, is it? It's Armada. Oh, you've changed it around a bit, no? I, I well, it, I mean, it was the last song we finished. Oh, like, sorry, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I think maybe have is it first in the track list? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the last one we actually completed. All the, the other ones were a couple of years ago, we had bits and pieces, but Armada was completely fresh at the very end of recording. So we, we, we recorded it in drop A and we usually play in drop B. So then we were like, you know what. <laughs> All those other songs might sound good and drop a so we literally went back and re recorded everything. Oh God. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was like almost and like the amount of tracks we had because of the added bass, and I'd maybe had three or four guitar tracks and three or four vocal tracks, and everything was just scrapped and, and back to square one because we're like, we can't have one song and drop a and the rest and drop b knowing that like, they all could have been a wee bit heavier. So, yeah, that is. And is Dale involved in producing this? Yeah, Dale's he's the he's the man in charge of the whole thing. Um Poor Dale. Between him and Brian, we've got a lot of really good microphones and uh recording equipment up in the room. So And and Daniel can kind of produce as well, can't he? Yeah, he, he did I think his degree was um like sonic arts or something like that at Queen's. So the three of them have fairly good knowledge of music production and, and recording and stuff. The rest of us just listen and nod. Yeah. So it's good to have that because we wanted to be able to have the freedom to just take our time and see what we come up with rather than getting into a room for three or four days and regretting stuff. But as you can see, it takes a bloody long time. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Yes, you played in Belfast in January of this year, wasn't it? Or was it February? Was it February, maybe? Which that was, was that was your headliner. You were headlining that night. Was that the... Was that Crypt of the Riff? We played. Oh, it was actually, yeah. Um, seven and a half tons of beer and stuff playing that one. Yes, yes, because yeah. remember Evans worn out. We're up at the same night, and we yeah, had to, yeah, we right. one and shot across. Yeah, I can't remember which month that was. I've no idea. I think it was February actually. Mm. Could have been. Aye. Yeah, and that was amazing to see for the first time in I don't know how long. Then of course you got announced for the siege and. It, the main stage in the siege, the sound, you got that that day. As I said, like there was literally cracks appearing on the ceiling and the balcony <laughs> were so fucking heavy, man. And what was that like to play? Uh, it, was, it was fucking brilliant because the first time we played the main stage in Dolan's was, I don't know, Siege 2018 or something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. But we were on at half 12 at night very last band to play and we were like, oh, this is amazing. We're, we're, we're closing the main stage and was, I think Ahab played that time. Pretty sure Conjured, um, Dead Witches, like, oh, that was mm-hmm. on that tour we did with Dead Witches. But we realised at half 12 at night, everyone's either being sick or they fucked off home. And it was yeah. like a hell of a lot less people than we did. But still had a great crowd that night, don't get me wrong, but the difference between that and the most recent siege where it literally was packed out, it was, it was a lovely thing. Yeah, myself and Sean from Ten Ton Slug were up at the front, man, and we were just like looking at each other going, oh, yeah. And just even the the, the sheer heaviness that was washing over us, um, we weren't getting the full effect of it. So I thought on the balcony, you had you had a better overall sound. So yeah, they were... told me actually that they went to the toilet and like the urinals were shaking when you were playing. Oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm putting that on as a live review. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're doing it right when you do that. Like, I, I think it's nice how like, the height of the stage as well. Yeah. You're standing, yeah. Especially someone around your height, Richie, you're standing and you're pretty much like getting it straight from the cab into your face rather than, yeah. you know, sometimes it'll be low and you're kind of, it's, you're just kind of up here and it's hitting you here. Mm. So it probably is more of a direct, like, base in the face experience. 
yeah. <laughs> Remember we had John on, Danielle, where I just asked him about curveballs and he just assumed that she'd uh, only one basis and the fact that he he had two suddenly kind of went, oh shit, moment. We have to <laughs> organize no, another. I made sure to email a couple of days before because it was like, he might not be aware that we play with two bass players now. So we brought a second cab down and it was just making sure because I didn't want to come in and like sort of interrupt somebody else's changeover and leave the, the cab off when we arrived. Yeah. So I said to him, I was like, should we just wait and bring it on when we were coming on or do you want us to leave it in now? And so it, it was fine though. Like the changeover was, was enough time that like a good 15, 20 minutes. There's plenty of time they'd set up a cab and get a microphone on it and stuff. Mm. So it's good that we were able to bring it because obviously you don't want to be showing up to a festival like that and relying on a second base cab because there's never a second base cab. Yeah. So mm. now that we were talking and and just wondering, had you the lineup for Crypt of the Rift sorted when he played the Siege? Um, what, the, the, the most recent one? That the one that's coming up now, yeah. Um, In June. Kind so of. Just say we're definitely going to be on it. And I was speaking to the lads at Siege because I think someone said to me, um, it was Mark Russell from Belfast. He ran into me and he was like, oh man, it's just uh, getting to Belfast. And I was like, don't you worry, don't you worry, I'm, I'm on this. And then- Oh, um, class, okay. And good. ran into Liam and I, and I said to him, I was like, yeah, man, this is this is definitely happening. Just I'll be in touch in a couple of days time. So I knew I wanted the, the, those guys. And then I wasn't sure if Slug were, were back playing again and what the story was. And then I saw they announced the Galway show and saw loads of people being like, ah, oh, Belfast, Belfast. So I was like, right. This is going to be a good big double header. Get both of them up, and I was. I didn't think both of them would do it. Like I, I thought, I'll melt, I could forget one. I'll be happy. Mm. But got both, and I was like, yes, this is going to be unbelievable. And of course, you've got Nomadis as well. Freddie. Yeah, fantastic band. Really yeah. love those guys. Yeah, I'm delighted. Delighted <laughs> to see him on the bill and True Home. Oh fuck me, man! They blew my face off. Um, it was the Tool after party in Fibbers. It was True Home supporting Tombs, and uh, it was Oren from Overdrive who was organising the, the whole thing. And I arrived at the gig just before True Home started playing, and I was talking to Oren because I missed him at Bloodstock. We were supposed to do an Eldred interview. Um, we took so long putting up the tent and fucking about and leaving merch off that we missed him. So I was having a chat about that, and then. He said, oh, you're going to love this band, man. And check out True Home. I don't miss them. It's like a two-piece uh, bass and drums in the style of Arm, like the meditative drone kind of stuff. But as much as I love Arm, there's times where it gets pretty boring. Like there's no two ways around it. But these guys were just so fresh and interesting, but still had the real drone kind of rhythmic style. But it was yeah. like fucking in-your-face riffs as well. I stood at the front, like hugging the monitor, just like, Jesus, these guys are fast. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like Street After was like, lads, you have no idea who I am and I apologise for being so random but I run gigs in Belfast I'll be in touch soon they didn't realise we'd be in touch like 15 hours later I was like they get this line up sorted so I just got straight on to them Jesus Christ and here I was okay. thinking you'd all this planned meticulously six well, months in advance well some of it was some of it was spontaneous yeah and can we convince you to go up Daniel? I'm tempted I'm very tempted to go up actually depends what way I am in terms of money and stuff like that around then because yeah. I've got stuff coming up but uh, absolutely buzzing for this weekend like oh yeah I can't so wait. much heft so much heft and got to, I'm going to see Tent on Sook and Galway on Friday and then oh. into Conan and yourselves um, I think Tombs are playing in in Limerick on yeah Friday night I think it's Friday I think they're yeah. in see yeah we're staying with um, we own from Sunk Madrid. Oh yeah, we met on over in Desert for Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> if I ever start telling stories about that, I'll be on all night. So I'm just going <laughs> to skip over that. But um, yeah, he said he would put us up for the after Dublin and Limerick because because of the way it was working with Dublin first, it would have meant us driving the whole way back to Belfast, then driving to Limerick because oh, we lived at, like uh, even hostels, like the most basic bullshit hostel in Dublin was still costing about 260 euro for like five hours. Because so, Mikey's, uh, this is a, another thing, Mikey can't play the Limerick show. So we won't have the two bass players there. Well, like Daniel's going to be playing guitar mm-hmm. and with the five piece. He just, they have to look after the kid that there's some kind of half serious thing that we can't avoid. So yeah. he's playing Dublin and then driving home. 
and the five of us are leaving the Dublin show, going to Limerick to stay at Owen's house. Then right. he's giving us a big tour of Limerick the next day because there's no driving involved. We just want to yeah. go see the castle and fuck around all day and, and go to the gig that night, then back up to Belfast for the final day. Wow, class. Deadly. So you'll finally get to see Elder Druid then, yeah? I've seen him. Seen him at Bloodstock. I know I'm on a boat this year. Oh, this year, yeah. yeah. Um, and can you reveal if we've been hearing some new stuff, Jake, or is it going to be... Yes, yes. Um, the this is the first time in a while we've been expected to like a, a half hour set, and that literally means four songs. Uh, the way the way things are going at the minute, so probably just one of the new ones on this one. Yeah. Like at, at Siege, we did kind of three classics, two new ones. Yeah, it's good to keep the classics, especially gigs like that. You, like instead of coming out with fresh stuff that people don't, don't know. The ratio of one to three seemed sensible. So, yeah. Any headline shows that we have coming up or any longer sets, like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, we try and squeeze a lot more of the new stuff into it. But when you only have half an hour to play with and you've got ignorantly long songs like ours, then <laughs> that's <laughs> the best we can do. Yeah. yeah, it's fair. It's going to be difficult. And I don't know how many brownie points I've left, but at the moment, <laughs> I am going to fucking worn out, man. I've seen him so many times now already, like, but I'm going to see worn out support the Cro-Mags in Limerick. Okay. Yeah, Two days later, because I was supposed to be in America for, for that tour, but in, unfortunately I couldn't go to America. Shout out to my buddy, Jim, who was over there. That's why I was going visiting. But now we're going to Greece instead. So that cuts back into uh, summer June, which I didn't think I was around for. Worn out don't have a driver to get him up oh. to Belfast. For the second time this year, I'm going to be the roadie for him and get him up to Belfast. And Alex of Las Vinci there, he's got a kind of mini bus. I'm taking his bus with the lads up to Belfast. Nice. So we're going to try and stay tonight because I ain't going fucking back from Belfast to <laughs> the one night. No, and boy. then I think the following week, maybe week and a half then, is Crypto the Rift. Uh, it's Friday the 1st of July, which was lovely as well because I had about four dates that I wanted it to possibly be on. And I spoke to Mickey, the manager in Voodoo. And the 1st of July was the one I wanted because it's a Friday. It's in July, so people are off uni and stuff like that. And it's right after payday as well. It's like this is the perfect... Yeah. Yeah, people have money. It's hopefully sunny. Friday the perfect date. So really glad I got that as well because that makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm going unless I've been going to be instructed otherwise. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Now, you're also supporting Elephant Tree. Yep. And that entails a cork gig. It does. Yep. That's um, is it October, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mixed up because there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline around that time of the year that isn't announced yet just like just bands I'm trying to bring over uh, do this whole circuit like Belfast, Dublin, Limerick or Cork like yeah. most of the time bands want to do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday so you need to pick three of the cities but on the off chance we'll do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and it's perfect because that's pretty much the four best cities yeah I don't want to take sides in cities in Ireland but <laughs> for me anyway it's the four best places to play so yeah October time Elephant Tree the, the first time we came across them we got offered to support them in the Blackheart in London about five years ago which is completely out of the blue got a message from this girl and it was two weeks notice and obviously we had to turn it down we were like can't get time off work get flights accommodation all that shit saw it in, in two weeks and it was a, that was a huge gig for us then like play the Blackheart was the first ever London show support band that I really really loved so kind of keep in contact or kept in contact with the guys. And then at Desert Fest in London, we run into him now and again and we're always saying, hey, get this, let's get this show sorted. And they'd never played Ireland at all. So finally got around to it and organised a few dates over here. Man, um, the Cork venue isn't announced yet, but I'd imagine it's, yeah, it's, it's probably Fred's or Cypress Avenue, I'd say. Yeah, but that's... It's, um, Paranoid Beast doing that, yeah. so we'll have to wait and see what, what Mark comes up with. Yeah, I've talked to Mark. Um, I'm talking to Mark next week. He's on the show next week, so looking forward to that. Oh, deadly. 
Yeah, myself and Howard are having a chat with him. Um, now, there's also Riff Olution Festival. Yep. That's in September in Sheffield. Sheffield is a city I'd love to go to, man. They have a great scene over there, man. Dude, like that whole kind of chunk of the Midlands. Um, like Sheffield's one of the first places, actually it was the first place we ever applied in England. Um, really? Yeah, it was. It was a place called the Royal Standard, which was just like a, it's actually a really nice bar, like really good stage. And it had a big back like sun beer garden thing with like picnic tables. I remember like sitting having pints with a dog lying on the table beside us. It was like <laughs> a really lovely place. And kind of traditional, like it got a big like roast beef dinner and all this kind of thing. Like mm. but um yeah it's Revolution used to be in Manchester in Rebellion. We played it on the UK tour we did with Bad Kush, you know the Chubby Thunders Bad Kush oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always shorten it to Bad Kush so I'll go through the whole tongue twister of trying to say the name. But we played Revolution that time and the great thing about it in Rebellion was there was two stages. No bands clashed the whole day and there were so many bands in the lineup and literally as soon as one would finish and all of them would start so the cry were just going like running over here and then running over here like just this big like wave of, of, of people. So that was amazing because you, you, it was impossible to miss a band. It was like two sides of the venue. But um, there's a guy, Danny, that runs, I think he plays in Ritual King, the band like around Manchester. But they changed the venue and they're playing a network in Sheffield now. Okay. So we are doing a wee bit of a tour around that. It's all not announced yet. So yeah. confirming a few dates, but it should be a September, probably just in England tour. It might have a, a date in Wales or a date in Scotland or something, but most of them will be in England. So that's what we're basing Revolution around. Yeah, Dog Tired are on it as well. Snowmatics and King Witch, they were on this show, so people would know of them through that. It's a, a huge lineup. He really, really pulled it out of the bag, even across both days. Godflesh headlining the, the Sunday as well. Yeah. And are you going to stay the two nights or what are you going to do? Probably just do, because we play the Saturday. So I think we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. As the four dates that okay. are confirmed. So the Sunday will be, will be off somewhere else to, to play, unfortunately, because there's so many bands on the Sunday I'd love to see. But it's not really financially viable to go and play like three dates and then just go see bands for the day. Like, if we're going over there to play music, yeah, play music. Are you going to be going as a six piece? Uh, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. As, as things stand, everything yeah. should be sweet. I, I keep reminding, like, Every every two weeks or so, my guys remember September. Make sure it's all booked off. <laughs> a lot. It's like looking after kids. I swear to God, all the time, just like remember this, remember that. Yeah, <laughs> got to. Happens to the best of us, Jake. <laughs> so let's go and delve a small bit into Carcosa. It is finished. Yes, pretty well. The music is. I think as it stands at the minute, Daniel has to because we record it. It live as a five piece and then got Daniel to do overdubs. So I think he's got overdubs to do in two of the songs. I think Greg has vocals to overdub on maybe two of them. He's kind of got like a base layer of vocal for all the songs, but just like with the wee nuances and sometimes he'll do like a whisper track to like turn down really, really low. So you get this kind of underlying whisper coming through the, the big growly shotty stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty much on its last legs being done eventually but once we get these gigs out of the way Dale's been out of the country for a month is another thing that's um, been slowing us down because we can't do anything if he's not there he went on a, a European trip by himself uh, without flying <laughs> he had to go on trains like all over Europe so he went to um, he met us at Desert Fest in London and before I was even out of bed the next morning he was in Zurich <laughs> he got the fucking Eurostar from London to Zurich. It took like seven hours, and I was still asleep. In my <laughs> premiere. Insane. Man. Any questions you want to ask Jake about the new album, Daniel? Yeah, like I suppose there's been you kind of have answered it with the tuning, but there's been like a progression with all of your albums, and I kind of found that like Golgotha was such a more full kind of sound. Do you think that that's? Um, kind of carried over to the new album or is it even a different sound again or or what I'd say it's it's very similar to Golgotha in, in terms of like the 
the depth and the style, but we haven't really went off in any other, well, maybe except one. There's a shorter song that's been more of Daniel's influence and it's, it's more of a hardcore song than, than a Doom song, oh, which yeah. is, so that's the only kind of direction. Like the, everything else is pretty much part of the recipe book. And then there's one that, that he kind of brought in was like, here, he always said it was a Druid riff. And I was like, no, that's a hardcore riff that you want to take in the song. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but it's great. It sounds amazing because you've got like the, the two guitars, two bass playing a hardcore riff in a doom band. So it, yeah. it does sound really, really good. But aside from that, it's pretty much the same kind of formula as Golgotha. Yeah. And the tracks are the same. Armada, Carcosa, Coffin Dropper, Gambit, Castor, The Ingredient and Pandora's Box. Yep, that's it. Coffin Dropper is the, the hardcore one. Is it really? Class name. Yeah. It's, it's a wee bit short. I think it's only maybe like four minutes or something which is a pretty short song for us it so, is actually yeah, yeah. so there's, there's a good possibility that'll be played live yeah oh, definitely I'd love to because it's a, like just a real regger it just punches really really hard it's nice you, you finish it and you're actually out of breath instead of in a daze <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a deal with Interstellar Smoke Records is it yep that's the one um, they're Friends of uh, some of the guys we stayed with in Poland when we did the European tour. Okay. They sort of work hand in hand. There's Galactic Smokehouse and Interstellar Smoke. Um, so Interstellar are going to do all the vinyl and then Galactic Smokehouse are going to do the CDs and tapes. So they did a deal with Electric Octopus recently as well. And the nice thing is everything they do is like handmade. So these little like tape socks, like sort of like a... Like a, like a, what do you call it? Um, like a Christmas stocking. <laughs> it's a stocking to put the, the tape into. And they were all like electric octopus themed. And these guys, they literally get like 20 people around a table and be like, let's fucking make some stuff. And they, they do like like eco-friendly CD packaging and all this stuff. Like they're really, really amazing. Lovely guys as well. Mm. So God knows what, what that's going to turn out like with the <laughs> CDs and tapes. Yeah. That's entirely up to them. But... The main thing is getting the vinyl done. That's that's the main thing I care about. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've slowed down since last time we spoke. I'm buying a hell of a lot less vinyl, which is. Which you couldn't is keep it up, man. You couldn't keep that pace up at the rate you were buying. I was just going, "What the fuck, man? He's just going to, going to run out of space and money." That's why, like, I filled the cabinet and I've got no more space now. So that was the perfect excuse. I think the last thing I got was I think it was Emma Ruth Rundle's latest album. Oh, yeah, she's touring this summer, actually. Yep, she's, she's playing Belfast in uh, St. Patrick's Church, which is a venue I've never been to. It's like a, a church in North Belfast, I think. And um, they played Nosferatu in it recently with the guy who did the, the soundtrack. I can't remember, it was like Joseph something. Um, but he was there with Nosferatu on a screen in a church, and he was playing the soundtrack live with the movie. How old is that dude? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I just saw pictures of it. Like, I wasn't there, but I saw, like, I couldn't believe the venue. It's absolutely insane. Like, obviously, it's a church, so big tall sitting, the acoustics yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. seeing Emma Ruth Rondo yeah. in there, and I think Joe Quayle supporting as well, a cello player. Right. So, it should be a really, really amazing gig in the church. Wow, cool. Okay, so we're going to play a track off Elder Druid's last album, and it's the best track, in my opinion, they've done.
What was it like up on the stage at the siege playing that and watching the whole place go fucking nuts? That was probably the most special time playing Golgotha ever because the nice thing was Greg said we got one more song and everyone was all ooh and then he's like it's called Golgotha and I just saw about 10 or 11 groups of people all kind of turn around each other like oh shit he's going to play Golgotha like that was fucking cool because like it still seems like a a fairly new song because the pandemic kind of hit pause and oh yeah you know what I mean like it it still still felt kind of new and obviously that gave people loads of time to listen to it in the, in the meantime, in the past couple of years. So just to see everyone's reaction, kind of like, oh, they want to play it like this song. It was like fucking nice. That was really, really cool. Yeah. And is there anything on the new album close enough to it? I like Armada because of the, the length of it and the fact that it's not, because it, it could have been a 10 minute song with three riffs that we, we just mm-hmm. drag out and it goes nowhere and it's kind of boring, but it, it changes so much. There's, there's so many different segments to it which is nice because if you go do a 10 minute song you kind of people fall asleep um, Gambit Castle is another one we haven't played live um, I really liked it it's kind of got instead of just rest the whole time there's a bit of like sort of clean ar- arpeggiated stuff with like loads of delay and everything that adds a wee bit a wee bit of something to it rather than just riff 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 the whole time yeah but um, I don't know like, Golgotha didn't seem like it, we didn't think, oh, fuck, this is the big one. Like, obviously, it was the really? title. Really? Yeah, yeah, well, because like, we hadn't played any of the stuff live. Until, yeah, like, it was the album launch yeah. Belfast, album launch Dublin, European tour, and then that was it. Then yeah. pandemic happened. So we didn't really know until people started reacting to it. And I think it being the title track helped a lot. If it was called something different, it might not have done as well. Mm-hmm. But when we did the video and everything, that helped. And the more times you listen to it, like, even, even now hearing it, like, I haven't listened to it in... God knows how long. It's, it's mm. weird hearing the like the studio version because I'm just so used to playing it practice. <laughs> Once every four fucking months. <laughs> it is a special song, Daniel, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Um, mm. I'm massive fan of Golgotha. It got me through. Um, the the album got me through lockdown. <laughs> it was probably because you just released it in the January before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think I discovered it properly maybe in like February March. And just like, yeah, it was one of my most listened to albums of 2020, which is saying something when you're not locked up for yeah, a, in like, the whole time. Yeah. yeah, the absolute heft of it. Like, I just, I just pair it the whole time with uh, nomadic rituals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the way I've done the playlist of it on Spotify is just God got it right through, then straight into nomadic rituals. Though. It's, it's just because we, we played so many gigs with those guys. We started gigging in Belfast. We actually share a practice space with them. It's us and Matt Rachel's in the same room. So we should get Deadly. all of us in one room sometime and see what happens because it's usually. The place would shake. Just... I know. We've, we've never had, it's the only place we've ever had noise complaints. Um, it wasn't us, it was the nomadic guys, but some woman came up and she was pretty pissed off about it. So I think she was a resident who, because it's, it's an abandoned, or not abandoned, it's like an, an old mill that's been kind of renovate it and has practice space and some on one floor has like a like a gym on another floor and coffee shop and random stuff but it's, it's sort of like an old kind of falling apart mill but it's right beside all these residential areas so we think this woman has like because you need a code to get in the door so the door must have been open and she came in and went up three flights of stairs to locate the song okay. music and came in and, and said she was going to like get the console out they like seize all the equipment and stuff fuck whoa but she hasn't came back so that's somebody that left the door open I bet you she's probably got F that's probably why she hasn't come back (laughs) so I want to talk briefly as well Jake about your solo stuff that's okay yeah of course yeah yeah congratulations on this Luster of the Dark really recommend it how did you go about first of all getting all that material together did you have it for a few years I know you did some ambient stuff wasn't it originally that was a long time ago though wasn't it the ambient stuff was about 12 years ago now. It was, what age was I? Like 16. So it was just like after school, sitting on the floor with a MIDI keyboard, trying to be FX twin, basically. And, <laughs> uh, it didn't go that well. So that kind of was pushed aside, started playing guitar. But over the years, I had 
just clips on my phone, like wee acoustic things, which never became anything because I never played acoustic live and they didn't really work for Elder Druid. So I think it was just, um, it must have been, was it 20, yeah, 2021 is when I did Lacuna, the EP. It was around June time and it came together really quickly, like March that year. Um, my girlfriend got me like a new MIDI keyboard and I hadn't had one in so long. It was just a new toy to play with. And I thought maybe if I re-record some of this acoustic stuff and play some some keys over it, maybe I'll come up with something. And it just, this the whole style kind of came from nowhere. It was like sad, like <laughs> like melancholic piano guitar stuff, which is like a million miles away from anything I normally do. Right, but okay. That's what I loved about it. It was like, she would come in and be like, where did this come from? Like, why are you doing this? Are you, are you okay? Are you depressed? And I said, no, I, I just, I don't know. I go into like a kind of trance and play this like really introspective music. So I just took all the acoustic stuff I had on my phone, played a wee bit of piano over it. And it was just, a, it was a piano preset. None of that was actually a real piano. It was all just on a MIDI keyboard with what? a preset wow. of a piano, yeah. Because it sounded absolutely incredible. It was like yeah. a, just loads of reverb and a grand piano preset. I was playing that on a, on a little MIDI keyboard that was like 20-something keys long. Jesus Christ. Wow. That's amazing. Because I was wondering, um, were you classically trained in any form with guitar or piano? Absolutely not. No, not. Uh, um, everyone in Elder Druid, I probably have the least knowledge of music in, in terms of like a theoretical sense. Yeah. Building music class in school because you had to play a recorder and the... I got this special one hand recorder, which was like a wooden recorder with brass keys on it that you could you play all the notes with one hand. Mm-hmm. So if you if you went to music class and you forgot your recorder, there was a drawer of spare ones and you would like use a disinfectant wipe and you'd have to play one of those. But no one had replacement <laughs> one hand recorders. So I just never brought it to class and never had to do music. I was like, fuck music. I I, I don't want anything to do with it. So I, I didn't go to class. So I had no idea. Even we started playing guitar and I was like, there's more time off for me. I can't play guitar. So I had, I, I basically went to art class and loved it, but never went to music class and didn't care at all. Amazing. Um, it, was, it was a hell of a turnaround when I started actually getting into playing guitar and then like, all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I suppose in one way as well, there's, there's always truth to the fact that um, if you're left alone to your own devices rather than someone pushing you to do yeah, something, yeah. you'll eventually find what you're supposed to do in life, be it in music, art, or anything, really. Yeah. Um, some are late to the table, others aren't. And so, like, what stage then were you playing with guitar and messing around with pianos? Um, I started playing guitar when I was about 17. And I had loads of covers on YouTube. That's what I started doing first. Like I figured out how to play like blues scales, and I was covering like Alison Chains and Tool and mm. stuff like that. And I had loads of covers on YouTube. I used to do one like one a week. I was sitting there in my school uniform with my tie on doing a wee cover, and I had a big fucking huge afro at the time as well. <laughs> and yep. You can find this stuff on YouTube, but I don't recommend anyone listening right now. Like, <laughs> you will look at Eldred very differently. The, the piano thing was that was only in the last couple of years. That was literally since my girlfriend got me that keyboard and You're tinkering around with it. Is it? Yeah, basically, because it, it just seemed so easy because it was less keys to look at. When yeah. You sit in front of a piano, it's like Jesus. Yeah, it's intimidating. Yeah. I was like, I can, I can work with like twenty. Like I could figure something right here. So you you put together then five songs for the EP. Had you any help with any of the lads? Uh, no, not really. The, the EP, I did pretty much everything myself. The The album was, uh, I got Dale to do like a master on the on the whole thing once it was finished. And then I had uh, two girls singing on the, I think it's the first song and the third song. Uh, yeah. And then my, my friend Tyrell from Electric Octopus played flute on the second song. What's his name? Tyrell. Tyrell Black. Okay, but that's, he's, that's he no goes, name, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he sort of changed his whole his whole outlook in life recently, and he doesn't go by name. So I, I just still call him Darrell because that's why I always knew him as. How did you come across Aqua Tafana? Aqua Tafana. Um, yes, uh, this girl uh, Ava Kearney, and she basically 
I knew her through her boyfriend because he used to like he ran gigs in Belfast and stuff. But um, I just saw her name come up as Aqua Tofana, and she, they brought a song out about two or three months ago, and listened to it and was like, Jesus, like she can really sing, like it's really really cool, really different style as well. And I just messaged her and asked if she wanted to get involved, and I loved what she did with it because yeah. I had the name like Morning Vale, and I had an idea in my head and. It was sort of like sad funeral kind of story. And the lyrics were perfect. Like everything she talked about was like, um, take another swig from the bottle. We're going to do this thing tomorrow. It was like being really anxious about going to a funeral the next day. And that's exactly the kind of thing I had in my head from the name of it and the style of it. So both her and the, um, the other girl, Claire, I think within a week, they both came back with like fully fledged lyrics and, and uh, audio recorded. Fantastic. Oh, um, we're going to play a track off my favourite off the album. wonder now, will you be surprised at this? We'll see. Um, a lovely vibe of Led Zeppelin and two or three other things going on with that man. Yeah, I completely forgot that um, Tyrell had played the flute thing, and it wasn't until uh, when I finished all the songs in the album and got the master back from Dale, and then I put it into uh, like what what iTunes is now, like music. Because I never use that anymore. I use Spotify for listening to most 
we'll start it casually. And yeah. I opened up iTunes or Apple Music, whatever it is now, and saw this thing that said Elysian Flute. I was like, what the fuck is that? And I listened to it. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. It was like a week after I brought out um, Lacuna and Terrell had said, oh, I played some flute in there. See what you think, man. And I got in touch with him recently and was like, can I put that in the album? Because like, why the hell not? Like, it sounds great. He's like, yeah, yeah, of course. He was going to redo it. And I was like, no, I, I love it how, how it was. So we'll just keep it the way it was. Yeah. It's very unusual. That for me just stood out a country mile. Um, is there any chance you'll be playing that live? Any of that music? I don't know. Um, would it be difficult? It would. It would be difficult. That's, that's the main thing. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking me about it recently. Um, the main thing is I'm playing all the instruments except for the flute and, and singing. So I could do I could do the guitar parts and get someone in to play. Probably would have to play an actual piano or, or keys in the, with like a, a preset of a grand piano. But there's a lot of synthesizer stuff underneath as well. And it's... it's generally just like a pad sound, like it's sort of like a, a big wall of underlying noise. So it's, it's not like extremely difficult. I've had a couple of guys in, I could probably play it live. The other thing is none of it was done to a metronome. There's no precise timing. It's all yeah, very, yeah. very loose. So even yeah. some of the songs started slow and got a bit faster just because I naturally got faster. I kept it that way because I liked how like wrong it was. Instead of yeah. having everything like robotic, I really didn't want it to be a very perfect thing. Mm. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I think those songs, like even if you choose maybe eight out of the 12 in Lustra, mm -hmm. if you did them with, a, with two acoustics and maybe a harp or something, that yeah, yeah, you, definitely. You, know, you could change them to suit a live venue. Yeah. Other things yeah. would come in there in a live setting, which would be very interesting to play. It could be fun, like. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it could. And it would be a bit interesting looking up and seeing a crowd wearing not black. <laughs> I can't imagine the kind of crowd that would come to like if I find yeah. that stuff live. It'd be funny, like, because like you probably get a lot of people from follow Elder Drew just coming along. Yeah, yeah. Probably, like, probably, probably enjoying it, but but not knowing how to react to it. Yeah, so, there must be a riff coming somewhere. Just gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. What's the do I react to? It's pretty, it kind of sounds like could like that that particular song could work well in like a video game like you know like Dark Souls or something. Yeah, yeah, like I, that's something um, I've been talking about about using it as, like as a soundtrack. So I was yeah, actually actively definitely. kind of looking for some kind of independent filmmakers in Northern Ireland, the Belfast, anywhere nearby that'd be interested because I would absolutely love to see it in sort of like a black and white like film noir style thing with, with that plan. I think that'd be perfect for it. But I, like, I have done nothing about that industry at all, but know where to begin. So I've just been sort of asking like word of mouth if you hear anybody that's making like a, any kind of in, independent movie, because I haven't used any of it for anything yet. Like there's a couple, couple videos in, on YouTube, which is just the artwork with the music plan. Yeah. Other from that, there's, it's not. And what's the response like to it, Jake? surprise mostly like, where the hell did this come from and people seem to like it sold a good amount of CDs and the main thing is people asking are you going to play it live and yeah. that's, that's what I, mean, I just don't know like, I'm not going to say no completely I would love to do it if, if I thought I could pull it off well but I wouldn't do it half arse you can hide behind a big Elder Druid riff but you can't hide behind hitting a wrong note on acoustic guitar which I very well could do yeah, and especially that girl as well, Aqua. She reminds yeah. me a bit of Lana Del Rey. Yeah, oh, she, she, the way she put that together, having all the different, I think she had maybe like three or four vocal tracks, and it sounds like two completely different singers, like the high bits and the low bits. Like she's got such like dynamics in her voice. But yeah, really, really amazing. So even the one with Claire as well. She, mm. um, we used Dale's um, new mixer and. It had like 18 channels on it and he said, okay, we've got 18 tracks to work with here. We probably won't use them all. We used every single one of them. <laughs> well, we've got to do 18 versions of the song and just layered them all up and removed the ones that we didn't really need. So that's why it sounds very, very spacey and yeah. kind of ABBA style, like, like saturated vocals. Yeah. It seemed like you had fun doing it and as I said, it's your own project. But uh, I would definitely recommend checking out in a live setting with uh, with alternative uh, instruments rather than pads and keys man just 
Yeah, harps and flutes yeah. and stuff. I think that would work really well, yeah. Man, you've got a fantastic, talented pool of people up there in all types of music, so... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah you could do it in that church that you mentioned earlier as well. Well, yeah, this is the thing, yeah. the, the Emma Ruth Blundell gig coming up, I was supposed to be playing that show, and like I, I didn't, oh. nothing was confirmed because I didn't want to confirm it, and I ended up turning it down because I love Emma Ruth Blundell and Joe Quayle, I think how nervous I would be about trying to perform that kind of stuff live without way first time as well. seeing her and I'd much rather just go there have a yeah. few beers if you can even have beers in the bloody church and then <laughs> like sit and watch her without any yeah, anxiety about it yeah. it would have totally ruined the experience if I the night before like oh Jesus like, like my first gig acoustically in a church like it's not yeah. as if you're playing in a small bar or something it's, it's, mm. you make sure you're nailing that yeah. So yeah. I passed that up just to go and enjoy the show. Yeah. Now you were also doing a, a promotion company as well, Jake. Is there any gigs there you want to promote there before we finish up? Um, well, it's, it's mainly just Crypto Riff, 1st of July, um, then the Elephant Tree 1 October. There's there's about three more. Um, that you can't, so, yeah, I can't, I can't say it at the minute, but towards the end of the year, there should be a few more people keeping an eye on Dark Arts promotions. How are you for venues up there? Are you, are you struggling there at the moment? Are they all booked out? For- well, it's, it's, it's not too bad. Voodoo, as you know, is the, it's the yeah. central hub to the metal scene. Limelight, people are kind of in, in, in two minds about it because the bunchers are kind of heavy-handed sometimes. Um, there's like a guardrail, Limelight 2, which I think um, Malevolence played recently and a lot of people were pissed off about that because they couldn't enjoy themselves the way they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a good place but Voodoo is pretty much the, the main hub for all this so yeah, if you don't get a date in Voodoo it makes it a hell of a lot more difficult trying to get a, a smaller venue somewhere else there's a speakeasy as well isn't there there is yeah I'm not sure what's happened there because the the old uh, student union building got knocked down and they're rebuilding it so the, the speakeasy where it is at the minute the one you were in for the, yeah. the Warner Hunt show uh, that's, that's I think that's going to be temporary and then that might be moving back just down the road a wee bit, the, the brand new building that's, uh, that used to be the Mandela Hall. Oh, so, right, okay, the Mandela Hall, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They, they completely leveled that place and rebuild it from the ground up, so... I is that going to be an entertainment centre, is it, or what is it going to be? It's venue? like, um, it's like the, the Student Union for Queen's University, but they, they, they had Mandela Hall, Bar Sub, and Bonnety Bar before, so you had like some huge gigs in there, mm. but... That current speakeasy they have at the minute was like a scaled down version of all the entertainment places they had in Mandela Hall. Okay. So I, I, I reckon it's just temporary and then probably going to move that right back into the, the big new fancy building. So that, that'll be good as well. That there's more venues opening up. I'm not sure if it'll just be one or if they'll have two or three like we did last time. Yeah. yeah. It's just frustrating for us down in Cork that we only seem to have one at the moment that we can count on and Cypress Avenue is actually too big. For a lot of the bands yeah. that are coming through, so, it's, so just Fred, the, isn't it? it's only Fred's, yeah. So Evans, Dead Cult, and Mark Morrissey's Paranoid Beast, or I don't know, is it maybe two gigs a month there, which is yeah. grand. But like, you know, what's going to happen now is there's going to be a saturation point again. Yeah, totally. where people will start fucking going to gigs or start moaning over it. And, uh, well, there's, there's a few other places in Belfast recently, you know, the Deer's Head, somewhere that. Um, the guys in the Live Free tour booking they put a load of gigs on Deer's Head and I saw it's actually a lot bigger than I thought it was it's like an upstairs venue above like a, a pretty traditional bar it's like a big long narrow venue with a pretty good stage and all so that's somewhere else I just didn't know very much about it I've only been to it once mm-hmm. but Voodoo's just the the crown jewel in Belfast it's the the ultimate place for it like especially heavy music so yeah, that's the first place I always look at Long may that continue. Okay, um, I'm going to finish it up then, Jake. Brilliant talking to you, man. And anytime you want to come on the show for the new album, bring the lads on, or maybe I can interview you up in Belfast. I'd be, I'd prefer that. I'll have to book in about six years in advance to my time it takes to get Hopefully, hopefully it won't be much longer. This is the last I'm going to be saying. Hopefully, next time I talk, I'll have an actual date for you. Yeah. Cool. And mm-hmm. check out the lads they're playing in Limerick. Is it this weekend? Is it? Uh, Dublin Friday, Limerick Saturday, Belfast Sunday. 
and then the big one then, Crypt of the Rift, is July the 1st. Yeah. With Elder Druid, Soothsayer, Tenton Slug, Nomadis, and True Home. Lovely, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, glad. Good talking to you. Okay, lads, that's it. Thanks again, Daniel, for joining us. No worries. Okay. See you later. Much luck on Metal Scene.